This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. It's Friday night. It's the preview show. It's the No Name Never Podcast! Hello and welcome to the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. I'm your host Natalie Bromley but joining me as ever is the headliner of the preview show, the main man himself, Mr Dave Statman Roberts. Dave, on a scale of one to Spursy, how Spursy are you feeling this evening? Um, I'm glad that uh, Turf Moor is a happy place again. We've had a, a home a home win at Turf Moor at long last. And yes, it was a, a very Spursy performance after uh, beating Manchester City, but it wasn't a, a fluky one. We were uh, no, it wasn't. deserved winners, very deserved winners. Yeah, definitely. I saw I saw the usual mainstream media bias towards it, talking about um, relentless Spurs um, chance, chances and how Burnley clung on for a point, which, quite frankly, is just utter nonsense. Because yeah, two shots Burnley, on target. Yeah, exactly. And I don't remember any pointers hanging on. I think there were a couple of chances where I thought they might score, but it was hardly like clinging on for... Anyway, I've gone past caring, quite frankly, Dave. Um the main question, have you managed to dry out? Because 24 hours later, I swear to goodness me, I am still drenched wet through. Uh, I wasn't wet. No, I got slightly wet going to the ground and then obviously it rained a lot during the match and we are on the top tier, so there's uh, uh, a problem with the this. rain. But yes, I noticed the uh, the bottom tier of the uh, the north stand uh, was, yeah, looked rather wet. Literally, I was late as well because I got stuck in the accident on the M6 and I, I, me and producer Matt went on the game together last night so he was sheltering in Parkview out of the rain. I ran down what I like to call as Cardiac Hill or Bruncher uh, where I park and um, so I was absolutely soaked by the time I got to the ground and literally at no point during the game did the rain stop. So uh, those, uh, shall we call us uh, astute listeners will realise that my voice is a little hoarse tonight and I'm a little bit sniffly because I think um, I think I need some Mary Poppins medicine. I think I got my feet wet last night and I think I've come down with a chill. So uh, It was worth it. 
it was worth it. And now we get out of sick corner. We are going to have a look. Now, guys, we are bringing you an analysis show, some immediate reaction to that Spurs game. We were hoping to record before the preview show tonight. Um, it's always a little bit tricky when we've got a midweek game to try and get everybody together to try and record something. But it's fine. We, we, we're good. Uh, we'll, we'll get something out to you. So watch this space. Um, but in the meantime, we're on to the next one. Can the Clarets make it a hat-trick of Premier League wins? That would be something, wouldn't it? Uh, but before we get on to the analysis show itself, Dave, we've got a quiz question that we need to um, give an answer to. Uh, before we looked at that um, game at Selhurst Park, um, we need to reveal the answer to the last question. Um, sorry, I got myself... I, I'm thinking then when you say before we look at Selhurst Park, I was like, we didn't just play Palace, but of course, uh, that's tonight. Uh, what was the last quiz question we gave you? Let's let's get this chaos back under control. Uh, prior to Wednesday's match, who were the last three players to score winning goals for Burnley in league matches against Spurs at Turf Moor? Dave, correct answers, please. Well, firstly, I'm glad that I did word the question in that way so it didn't include Wednesday. Obviously, I'd, I'd done it in that way because I knew we were going to beat Spurs. And ben, <laughs> and ben Mee with a header would be the last person to last player to score a, a winning goal against Spurs at Turf Moor. But yes, of course, we were after the last three prior to Wednesday. Uh, and the correct answers were, uh, in 2019, exactly three years prior to uh, yesterday, uh, so the, the, the game against Spurs this time, uh, coincidentally, as we mentioned in the last preview show, Ashley Barnes scored the winning goal. Uh, Burnley won 2-1. We gave that one away. We mentioned that earlier in the uh, last preview show. So that should have been a slightly easier one to get. Yes. Uh, the other two were slightly more difficult. Uh, the one from 2010, we won 4-2 uh, the last game of the season. Uh, Stephen Thompson was actually the player who scored the last goal in that game. We had mentioned that Jack Cork had scored in that goal, but that wasn't the the final goal, which is what we're after. Stephen Thompson was the second answer. And the third one, this goes back a little while, because obviously we had a, a long time where we didn't play Spurs in the league. Uh, but we went back to 1978, and it was Peter Noble who scored the winning goal uh, to make it 2-1 in a win against Spurs. Yes, 1978, Peter Noble. So the three players were Ashley Barnes, Stephen Thompson and Peter Noble. Good stuff. Did we get any correct submissions? Uh, well, no one got all three. Uh, Bryn Jones got in touch with two out of three. He got Ashley Barnes and Stephen Thompson, as did another regular quizzer, Jan. Um, and I think they were both the closest from the responses I saw. So for that, despite not getting all three names, uh, they both earned the accolade of being our quizzes of the week. Excellent. Good stuff. Um, a very quick, it's funny you should mention the Ben Me header. Did we realise what happened last night, Dave? You didn't predict it, though, did you? I didn't, no. And I said that to producer Matt at the time. So, hilariously, about five minutes before Ben scored, um, we were laughing about a Ben Me header. And as it went up, I think Matt and I both jumped to our feet and half cheered the goal, but half started shouting, Ben Me header! Like you do. Um, so, I'm starting to wonder whether I may have stumbled across a new branch of reverse psychology. Don't predict Maybe. a Ben Mee header and That's Ben Mee will score a header. I know. I think we might have to try that this week and see if it happens again. So watch this space, listeners, see if I default to a Ben Mee header. Uh, well, we're going to be setting you another quiz question later on in the show, so you don't need to wait very long. You just need to hang around until the end and we will yep. give you... Oh, sorry, go a on, A very relevant quiz question as well. Oh, a very relevant... Are they not always relevant quiz questions? Well, bearing in mind what you just said, a very relevant quiz question. 
Okay, I'm intrigued. I'm half tempted to skip the previous show and go straight to the quiz question. But no, let's be patient. Let's not get carried away with ourselves. Stay tuned, listeners. Let's see what on earth Dave has got for us this week. Premier League head to head. But before we get there, we of course have something to do, which is actually preview the Clarets' next fixture. We are Saturday, 26th of February, 3 p.m. kickoff. It's Crystal Palace away from home, not televised anywhere live in the UK. Um. Dave, kick us off with the history section, please, starting with Premier League meetings. Yeah, well, Crystal Palace was still in the championship during Burnley's first foray into the world of Premier League football. That was in the 2009-10 season, uh, but our paths did eventually cross in 2014-15. Uh, that first Premier League game at Sellers Park finished goalless, but it might have been different if Scott Arfield's late penalty hadn't been saved by Julian Speroni. However, Burnley have won exactly half of the previous six Premier League trips to play away at Crystal Palace, starting with a very memorable victory in April 2017. We were desperate for points and hadn't won an away league game all season, but a 2-0 victory gave us hope that we could survive that season, and it proved to be the boost we needed to remain in the division. Our away visits to Sellers Park in the next two seasons, which were both in calendar year 2018, ended in defeat. We lost 1-0 in the January, and then again 2-0 in the December, but we've since won back-to-back games in the last two seasons, but despite there being no fans there to see either victory. Uh, during Project Restart, that was in June 2020, uh, a Ben Me header, what else, helped us to mm. a 1-0 victory. Uh, it's amazing how these things come up, isn't it? <laughs> but we did even better in the corresponding fixture from last season uh, after sealing an emphatic 3-0 win. That was in February 2021 when strikes from Johan Berg-Gudmundsen, Jay Rodriguez and a special goal from Matt Lowton sealed all three points. So from that brief summary, you can see that Sellers Park has often been a productive venue for Burnley and we can only hope that it will once again be a happy place for us to visit this Saturday. Yes, definitely. Apologies, listeners. I was having a coughing fit then when Dave was giving us the Premier League meetings. Uh, Dave, your, your voice sounds a bit hoarse as well. I think we're all suffering from post-Spurs um, over-excitement, aren't we? Our voices are going... Memory match! Um, memory match then, please. What have you picked for this? Uh, well, we had a bit of a dilemma this week when deciding Ooh. which past meeting to feature as our memory match, uh, as well as our three Premier League away victories. There were a couple of away wins in the league under Stan Turnant. That was in the early 2000s as well as another couple of away wins in the early 1970s, one with Harry Potts in charge and another after Jimmy Adamson took over. But in the end, it's the vital victory from April 2017 which wins out, just because of the importance of that game and the result. Uh, to set the scene, our return to the Premier League in 2016-17 had been better than our previous two campaigns, but there was still a real danger that we might stumble at the end and fail to stay up. At that time, Ben Mee was out injured, and he had a shin injury, and Joey Barton was serving a suspension for breaking betting regulations. Uh, although we had managed 10 wins already at Turf Moor, we hadn't won a single game away in 17 previous attempts. But all that changed on a sunny Saturday evening in late April in South London. The match was broadcast live on Sky Sports in the evening, kick-off, slot, and we took the lead. That was against the run of play in the seventh minute. A Stephen Ward centred to Ashley Barnes, who struggled to get control of the ball, before eventually beating, who else? Wayne Hennessy, who was in goal, uh, ah. with a low shot. Yeah. Uh, it stayed that way until five minutes before the end. Palace were knocking at the door, and we suspected we might need a second goal to seal the win. And it did eventually come thanks to Andre Gray. He latched onto George Boyd's pass and advanced before sending a powerful low shot 
past Wayne Hennessy to send the travelling fans into a state of delirium. Um, although we weren't yet mathematically safe, uh, with three games remaining, it gave us a healthy cushion above the bottom three, and we eventually finished 16th. Good. Oh, gosh, I'd take that this season. On this day! Um, on this day, then, give us some date-specific match memories. Uh, yeah, looking back on this day, Burnley have played 23 past matches on the 26th of February. And curiously, there hasn't been a draw. Uh, however, wins outnumber defeats by 12 to 11. And we're going to take you through those results, which started with a 3-1 home defeat to Everton in the FA Cup in 1898. Uh, in 1910, Burnley beat Barnsley 2-0 at Turf Moor in the second division. And although three years later, in 1913, we were heading to promotion from that division, we lost by a single goal at Huddersfield Town, as Fred Fayers scored from the penalty spot. Eight years after that, in 1921, we were riding high at the top of the first division. And after trailing 1-0 at home to Bolton Wanderers at half-time, it looked like that record, that long-running unbeaten run, might have been in jeopardy. We came from behind to win 3-1 and continue the run, which eventually stretched to 30 games. Um, There followed a sequence of three defeats when the Clarets went down 6-2 at Arsenal, that was in 1927, and 2-0 at home to Plymouth Argyle in 1938, as well as our first match on the 26th of February after World War II, which was a 2-1 defeat at Everton in 1949. Our only game on this date in the 1950s, that was a 3-0 win at home to Charlton Athletic, We lost our only game of the 1960s, that was 4-2 against Manchester United at Old Trafford, with David Hurd scoring two goals in four minutes in the second half. Between 1972 and 1983, there were four Burnley games and four wins, as we beat Sheffield Wednesday 5-3 at Turf Moor in 1972. That was despite a John Sisson's hat-trick for the visitors, although Tommy Craig was also sent off for them in the second half. That was followed up by a 2-0 home win over Carlisle United in 1977 and a 3-0 away win at Sunderland in an FA Cup replay in 1979. The fourth win of the sequence was an emphatic 7-1 home win over Charlton Athletic, who had been reduced to nine men during the second half, with a score still 2-1 to Burnley. But we ran riot and scored another five goals in the last 15 minutes, and Billy Hamilton and Steve Taylor both completed hat-tricks. Into the 1990s, and the last 10 matches on this date have yielded five wins and five defeats. The five wins were a 4 0 victory over Bournemouth in 1994, a vital 2 1 away win that was at Colchester in 2000 on the way to uh, promotion, uh, a 3 0 win in an FA Cup replay against Fulham at Turf Moor, a memorable game in 2003. Uh, Then there was a 2-0 home win over Coventry City in 2008 and a 2-1 away win at Preston North End in 2011 when on loan Jack Cork was the player who scored the winner. Uh, Our last two matches on the 26th of February have both been defeats. Uh, We lost narrowly 1-0 at home to Huddersfield Town in 2013 and then in 2019 we went down 2-0 to Newcastle United at St James's Park. Mm, Good stuff. Well, no, obviously not good stuff going down, but there's some uh, God, there's some comprehensive stuff in there. Um, but that does conclude our section on the history of this fixture. So we are going to bring you bang up to date to the future with the present, starting with our scouting report. Scouting report! Yeah, after appointing Patrick Vieira last summer on a three-year contract, the Eagles are stuck with their manager so far. Uh, they're in mid-table. Their lead over Burnley, after both teams won on Wednesday, is still nine points, but they've played 26 games already, meaning that we still have three games in hand on our host this weekend. 
An away win on Saturday would take Burnley to within six points of our hosts, with three games still in hand, whereas a win for the home side would go a long way towards removing any lingering doubts they had about relegation. Uh, In addition to their summer acquisitions, uh, who who included Joachim Anderson, Odson Edouard, Mark Gehi and Will Hughes, they also took Conor Gallagher on loan from Chelsea for the season. After a loan spell which began in January 2021, they also made the signing of striker Jean-Philippe Mateta permanent in the most recent transfer window. Palace have continued to play almost exclusively exclusively with a 4-3-3 formation. And although they switched to 4-2-3-1 last weekend, which was the 1-0 home defeat to Chelsea, they were back to a 4-3-3 formation in their 4-1 midweek win at Watford. In that match, they had Butland in goal, a back four of Mitchell, Gehi, Anderson and Klein. Uh, the midfield three was Kuyate flanked by Gallagher and Hughes. And up front, Matata played through the middle with Olise and Zahar providing more width. Their only injuries at the current time are Nathan Ferguson, Joel Ward and goalkeeper Vicente Gaeta, uh, none of whom are expected to be in contention to play on Saturday. On low midfielder Conor Gallagher, who was ineligible to play in last weekend's game against his parent club, Chelsea, is Palace's joint top goalscorer in the current Premier League campaign, with eight. As we've already mentioned, he was back in the team on Wednesday evening and scored again at Watford, as did Wilfred Zahar, their other joint top scorer who bagged a brace. In terms of FPL points, Gallagher and Zahar lead the way for Palace, with 117 and 87 points respectively. Um, well, we... You've obviously, you've obviously heard our thoughts about our upcoming fixture, but we don't like to give you a completely one-sided view. We like to give you some balance. So we tend to invite an opposition fan on to talk about what their views are. Uh, this week, we're talking to Back of the Nest, the Crystal Palace podcast, our friends there, to hear what they think. Opposition view. What's going on, people? It's D from Back of the Nest talking about that Watford game 4-1 away from home. The most goals that we've scored all season long. I can't honestly remember the last time we've scored four goals. Um, Maybe it was under Roy Hodgson, but God knows when. So, look, when you look at it, we went into this game thinking, are we even going to score a goal? That was the mentality. We were struggling in front of goal. We managed to get it sorted at the end. In the first half, we started off being, you know, one nil up. And then afterwards, we went a bit sloppy, let Watford get into the game. And then we had a one injury situation with Cheku Kiyota. He went down, the players went next to Patrick Vieira and the game flipped from there onwards. We played much better football, progressive passes. And we ended it, you know, first half with 2-1 up. And going into the second half... With Conor Gallagher, you know, Conor Gallagher scored that brilliant goal. If you haven't watched it, go and watch Conor Gallagher's goal. Brilliant cross from Mitchell. Brilliant touch by Gallagher and finish. Going into the second half, 2-1. And it was, a, as Vieira would say, it, very disciplined performance in second half. Up until the 80th minute mark, I was watching my team play away from home against Watford. And I was yawning. It was incredibly boring because of the opposition manager, as we know, Roy Hodgson Ball, ain't the greatest. But I still wasn't upset. It was a very disciplined performance from Palace, considering that we haven't won in our last six games. Even if we won that game 2-1, I would have been happy with it. We didn't really attack, but we did not let Watford have any major, apart from one situation, any major chances, despite them having the ball. And in the 80th minute, near the 80th minute mark, uh, James McCarthy comes on, the game flips, 
he sends Wilfred Zaha off. He scores a goal. And then after five minutes later, Zaha scores another brilliant goal. And we're talking about 4-1 win away from home against our former manager. So overall, I am massively pleased with the result. Um, if you put everything into context, we needed that win. And going into this game against Burnley, it's not going to be easy, but it's another game where we're trying to build momentum now. We had players out with injuries, players who went to AFCONs. Now we've got them back and got this win. We have to build on it, but it is not going to be easy. But overall, I'm happy with the Watford game and let's see what happens on Saturday. Okay, Dave, hit me up with some referee news, please. Uh, well, first of all, an apology to make before we start. Oh. Because I've, been, I've been planning for the uh, preview show and looking ahead and realising it was uh, John Moss of Leeds who we've got as a referee on Saturday. Uh, but when I tweeted out the uh, stats at half-time uh, of the Spurs game, uh, I mentioned the, the fact that uh, the referee, John Moss, was worrying me because I had a bit of a dodgy first half. But it wasn't, obviously, John Moss who was refereeing <laughs> me on the spot. But he was doing, in the first half, he was doing a very good John Moss impression. He did he did worry me. Uh, but, yes, I'll uh, apologise in advance to uh, to John Moss. Yes, OK, go ahead. <laughs> it, it will be John Moss who's back in the middle this Saturday afternoon. Are you sure, Dave? I'm Are you sure? <laughs> Unless the Premier League change, it definitely is. Um, he's refereed two Burnley games already this season, including one of our wins. That was a 3-1 victory over Brentford at Turf Moor in October. Uh, it was also in the middle at Old Trafford for our 3-1 defeat there between Christmas and New Year. Uh, this will be his 30th Burnley game since we first saw him for a 2-0 home win. That was over Blackpool in the Championship way back in 2008. Uh, to date, we've won nine, drawn five and lost 15 of the previous 29. 20 of these games were in the Premier League and we've won four, drawn three and lost 13, although three of those four wins have been away from Turf Moor. Uh, one was at Old Trafford, where we won uh, 2-0 in 2020, and sandwiched in between that, uh, either side of that, should I say, uh, were two wins at Goodison Park. Uh, there have been six dismissals in his past Burnley games. Uh, three were two opposition players, and three two Burnley players, although the red card he showed to Michael Duff at West Ham in 2015 was later rescinded. Uh, and finally for this section, another golden oldie of the Premier League's referee list, Andre Mariner. He'll be the video assistant referee, meaning that the man in the middle at Sellers Park, as well as his eyes and ears at Stockley Park, are both age 51. Oh, that's a cute little stat. Statman Dave's Stat of the Week. Um, well, I know you don't want to leave it there, Dave. You like to spoil our listeners, so why don't you delve deep into those pockets of yours and let our listeners have their miscellaneous stats of the week. Uh, yeah, this week's stat relates to scorelines and specifically 1-0 Burnley wins. Uh, they were once the lifeblood of our season, but they've uh, dried up a little bit recently, becoming a little less uh, common. Uh, although we beat Spurs 1-0 on Wednesday night, it's been a while since Burnley won a match by that scoreline. Over 12 months, in fact, as you have to go back to January 2021, and that was a 1-0 win against Liverpool at Anfield, thanks to the Ashley Barnes penalty. Uh, the last 1-0 win at Turf Moor prior to this week was against Sheffield United, and that was in December 2020, uh, behind closed doors. And prior to that, the last one at Turf Moor in front of home fans, uh, with fans in the ground, that was against Newcastle United way back in December 2019. How are you feeling then against, obviously I know I joked about this at the beginning of the, the show, Dave, but is it... Beyond, 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 beholding, beyond all comprehension that the Clarets might do a hat trick of wins. It's going to be a tough ask, isn't it? But can we? 
Oh, we can. Yeah, I mean, we we went to Brighton last week. Fantastic performance. I think from the uh, right from the start, we were at it, uh, which we have been the last few games. I think. I think probably the the time in those recent matches let ourselves down was probably the first half against Manchester United. Yeah, uh, they were rampant in that first half, and we were perhaps fortunate only to be uh, a goal down at half time. But I think since the Leeds game, we've obviously drawn against Arsenal and narrow defeats uh, against Liverpool. Uh, disappointing draw against Watford. But again, it was a, a goalless draw. Um, but we've been very, very solid. And I think we've added to that the last couple of games, showing a bit more attacking intent. I think the midfield's linking better now with um, uh, Vout Veghorst up front. I think he's, he's holding the ball up better, bringing the midfield in. And likes of Aaron Lennon, Josh Brownhill, uh, and also Dwight McNeil coming back into the side as well. Mm. I think it looks like a different player now as well. So yeah, it does. The midfield's really getting involved, plus the contributing goals as well. So we're getting uh, some goals from midfield, which we weren't getting before. So, yeah, I think it's it's one of those. They're all, all tricky away from home, but I think there's every chance we could get a result at Palace, as we have done previously. We've won the last two. Why not make it a hat-trick? A hat, two hat-tricks. A hat-trick of away wins at Sellers Park and a hat-trick of uh, consecutive Premier League wins this season. And clean sheets. Do we have a clean sheet? Yeah, we did, didn't we? Yeah, it'd be a hat trick of clean three, sheets. Three nil one. That'd be very nice. Um, I I was just about to ask you what a, what a difference that midfield Vout was making, Veghorst was making. Uh, but I just feel like he's covering a little bit more ground, and and his ability up front is allowing Jay to drop back a little bit and, and help out midfield as well. But just before I get on to that, I just need, do need to tell you, and I'm dropping him right now, but producer Matt was trolling you like nobody's business last night. So we all know how much you hate the fact that Berlin fans have decided that Vout is called, called Voot. Um, and Matt was singing it, or I was calling him Voot and singing Voot all the way through the game. And I did keep telling him, I said, Dave is not going to be happy with you, Matt. And he was just like, he was just giggling. He's giggling it's on his little vout. seat. Uh, it is Vout. Vout, big horse. It's a hill I'm going to die on, that one. I think you'll be on your own. I mean, I've tried very hard to help you, Dave. I've tried to big you up. Uh, but I can't help it when the crowd was all singing, Voot, and Voot, there it is. I, I get involved. I'm so sorry. But, yeah, I feel like it, you might be uh, – take, take a picnic and a good book. I think you might be on that hill on your own for a while, I think. I think you've lost it. You lost it already. But, yes, he is making a massive difference, I think, to – midfield's ability to create themselves a little bit of space. Maybe that's where the chances are coming from. Uh, yeah, it certainly made a difference, I think. He, he holds the play up better. I think we, we thought maybe, to begin with, he's going to be more of a target man, but he's uh, definitely got a lot more about his all-round play than that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go on then, give me a score prediction for Saturday. Um, I'm going to be positive. I'm going to go for a win, but I'm not convinced we're going to keep a clean sheet. So I think it might be 2-1. Ooh, who's going to score? Uh, ben me uh, with his foot. <gasps> um, yeah, steady on, Dave. Come on. Steady um, on. <laughs> and Josh Brownhill. Brownhill, okay. Okay, yeah, I'll give you that one. Um, I'm going to say 2-0. I think we're going to keep a clean sheet because we've just looked really good defensively recently. I'm going to say Eric Peters. Oh, actually, no, will he get dropped for Charlie Taylor? Because we're expecting mm. Taylor to come in. I mean, I wouldn't. I'd keep him in. I'm going to say Peters. I'm going to say Eric Peters from a, a corner or a set piece or something. And 
voot there it is is going to score as well so there you go listeners you know the drill by now please we want your score predictions we want to know the score the goal scorers and how they scored you can tweet us at none and ever you can leave us a comment on our facebook page or you can what else can you do you can email us at preview show at none and ever.net would you like uh, an injury update as well uh, i would like an injury update yes please dave go ahead uh, well, probably not too much to report, really, other than we know that uh, Matty Vidra's coming back from injury. We don't think he's going to be involved. Uh, we know Ashley Barnes has been involved. He's come off the bench now, so he's certainly going to be uh, in the picture. Um, Ashley Westwood is available again, we believe. Um, but will he bring him back in? I thought Jack Cork uh, did really well uh, in the side. And uh, Josh Brownhill's played the best he has done the last two or three mm. games. So do you, do you bring Ashley Westwood back? back in. I don't know whether you can. Uh, Charlie Taylor, again, I'm not convinced uh, he'll be risked. Uh, Johan Berg-Gudmundsen is still out. And Maxwell Corny is maybe the one that's um, a little bit more of a doubt. Uh, but it was confirmed when Sean Dach at his press conference and said he's touch and go. That confirmed it for me. There's no way he's going to be starting on Saturday. <laughs> that's a very good point, Dave. Very good point. He's going to be at least three months away from it. So, yeah, no, that's fine. Um, okay, well... That is that concludes our build up to the game. So uh, do take care, Clarets, if you are travelling down to Sellers Park. Um, fingers crossed, you will be rewarded with um, a third victory after an absolutely fantastic week for Clarets and propel us even further up that table, which is starting to look a little bit more comfortable than it did a few weeks ago. Um, Fantasy Premier League is on hold again, Dave. I believe we're in the middle of a game week twenty six again, are we? Yeah, we're recording this on Thursday evening without wanting to give too much away, but there is still a game on, so the tables probably won't update until the morning now, so we can't uh, give you an update on that. But it does mean that when we do our Leicester preview on, we'll probably record that on Sunday, uh, there'll still be games going on, but we will have the update from game week 26, which is just about to finish, and we can include that. And looking ahead, without giving too much away, there's some well, there's some cricket scores with the uh, game week 26. It was a double game week. There's some high points if you picked a particular uh, triple captains if you played that chip and also quite a lot of people have wild carded so they've um, they've gone in and, and picked a team just for the week temporary transfers that come in for the double game week and there's some big big scores and some big big movement I think in the table we'll see that when we Ooh. give the update ahead of Leicester your little tease, Dave. You know what this means, don't you, listeners? It means I propel myself into the top ten from being mid-table. So watch this space. That's all I'm saying. Statman Dave's quiz question. Right then, quiz question. Come on, Dave. What are you going to set us this time? Uh, yeah, this week's quiz question takes its inspiration from Burnley's winning goal against Spurs on Wednesday, as well as a regular prediction from the No Name Ever preview show. Ah. Uh... How many headed goals? as Ben Mee scored for Burnley, and how many of them were scored at Moor? <laughs> Excellent, Dave. I should have seen that coming and I did not. Well, that is a great question. I've got to make a confession as well. It's less of a quiz question and more of an opportunity for me to run through some classic Ben Mee-headed goals when we reveal the answer in the next episode. Well, I have no problem with that, Dave. You put a lot of work into the, the previous show and if we're going to allow you the luxury of a little bit of... Uh, what's the word, reminiscing, then uh, I'm all for that. So please do. Um, I'm going to give you my answer straight after we record this episode, but why don't you tell our listeners how they can get in touch and submit theirs, please? Uh, yeah, for the chance to gain the prestige of being our quizzer of the week, just get in touch with us, let us know the answer using any one of these methods. You can tweet us or preferably send us a direct message on Twitter. 
Uh, that's at no Nay never on Twitter. You can send an email to the dedicated email address we've got set up for the preview show, which is previewshow at nonaynever.net. Or you can also reply to the posts or we're going to put up this preview show on either the No Nay Never Facebook page or on YouTube. Good stuff. Well, you're going to have to be very quick with your answers again, listeners, please, because we're planning to record the next preview show on Sunday. Uh, we'll probably do it later on Sunday. So you have got throughout the day on Sunday, but get that turnaround time quickly because we need to obviously do another preview show in readiness for that rearranged visit of Leicester City uh, to Turf Moor on Tuesday evening. Uh, any community news before we let our lovely listeners out for the night, Dave? Uh, not really any external news to report this time, other than to remind our listeners again about our analysis show, which will be uh, out if you keep an eye out for that. And if you haven't uh, already listened to it, uh, as well as the No Nay Never newsletter, uh, you can access that at uh, the website nonaynever.substack.com, and that's uh, updated weekly. Yeah, please do that. Uh, Jamie Smith and the writing team have... Um got themselves a really decent following going on at the moment. We've got quite a lot of uh, subscribers now, so don't be missing out. You know, it's just another communication from known and ever that you need to fill your little feeds with. Um, well, that is all we have time for, listeners. My thanks as ever go to everybody who's contributed to this episode. Uh, firstly, to Back of the Net for providing us, us with their opposition view. Turf Moor Stadium announcer Dominic Walker for his specially recorded preview show announcements. To producer Matt, who is probably got his work cut out for him this week. Um, and, of course, to Dave, who has just put all of those stats together at the drop of a hat and has given you lots of entertainment over this season. So thank you as ever, Dave. My final thanks go to you, the listeners, for downloading and listening to this episode. Your support is very much appreciated and we would not be here without you. Um, keep your eyes and ears and noses all peeled to social media because analysis shows, preview shows, content is coming thick and fast as the fixtures do as well. So we will put announcements out on social media as to where you can find us. Um, but that's all we have time for. Take care of yourselves in the meantime and your loved ones and we will be back shortly. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the preview show brought to you by the Known and Ever podcast. Until next time. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.